0: Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdena Azband, our Daf of the Day, Masachet Ketubot, Kaf Tet, page 29. With page 29, we open Perk Gimel, the third chapter of the Masachet. And as Yerdena, as you pointed out, we return to the disturbing territory of the Ketubot Mishnayot. Here we go. Eiluna Knas. These are the cases. It's going to be a list of the women for whom there's a fine-paid to their fathers by a person who rapes them now rape is one of those like really really difficult conversation topics besides the fact that rape is a really difficult conversation topic because biblical the biblical injunction against rape and the talmudic injunction against rape is it's a really different kind of concept than what we have in modernity it's not acceptable it's you know there's problems it's not considered okay but it's not anywhere you know, level to the, it doesn't rise to the level of outrage that we think it should. So let's keep that as a backdrop, right? And the idea that there's, you know, a fine paid to the father of a young woman who is raped is kind of, you know, we're talking about compensation for humiliation, for degradation, whatever, right? There's a recognition that that has gone on, but it's not, I feel like nowadays we would say that this is a criminal act as opposed to a monetary, um, you know, a, a monetary fine. Anyway, in it, the, the cases are as follows. So all of these cases are women who are, or young women, whatever, um, meaning the point is that they're still under the auspices of their parents, of their fathers. Um, these are the cases of the women who are, not a regular Yisrael status and not a daughter of a Kohain status, right? If anything, these are the women whose statuses on their own are already a little bit difficult, like a momzeret, somebody who's, you know, born of an illicit relationship, or the Givoni, um, or the Nitina, right? This is you are Dana, you've talked about this several times. So I'm gonna leave it, right? But again, this is a status that is not the main part of Klaal Yisrael in any way, shape or form, right? Um, the Kutit is a Samaritan woman, also not considered mainstream Jewish, So, shall we say, the female convert. This is perhaps in some ways the most disturbing case and, or rather a captive woman, right? Meaning a captive woman. And then it goes on to say, So we're talking about, um, uh, maidservant or a captive who was freed or you know paid off whatever, um, redeemed or converts who converted or the maidservants who were freed and meaning that all of that took place for those who needed redemption or freeing or whatever went conversion when they were less than three years old and three years and one day old, meaning that they are presumed that they have a default status of being a virgin at that stage. And again, here's the disturbing part, right? Um, but the the so that the the girl who is raped has a presumptive status of being a virgin, right? So that's the first part of this Mishnah. Haba um, and now we've got. You know, other cases, which I think are even more reminiscent of Yavamos, these are all the, it's a list really of the Arayot, of the prohibited sexual relationships that are listed in Vayikra, in the book of Leviticus. And these are all prohibited relationships, meaning as opposed to women or girls who have a status that is iffy, to put it lightly, these, these are, this is where the liaison is the problem itself, right? Meaning a mamzeret is a mamzeret through no fault of her own, right? Here, the if, if a brother has sex with his sister, to put it a little bit crassly, right, that's not an acceptable sexual liaison from the Torah's perspective. So if any of these took place, and then the last one, of course, is Anita is a uh, is a menstruate woman who has not yet gone to the mikvah to become tahor, to become pure yesh knas so if any of these um incest relationships or the nida status were uh again where there's an active intercourse it does not say rape here um then there is again there is a fine even though each of these cases is a, stays, is a status of karate, with the exception, uh, you know, which is merits further discussion of the nida. Um, so this is interesting, finally, right? Meaning it's not the the punishment here becomes interesting, because the the punishment for the act in a religious way is karate. the person is cut off. And yet, there is still a fine that is to be paid. Um, and usually, we end up with a You say, like, no double jeopardy. It's not exactly the same as double jeopardy, but you can't be punished twice for the same act. And in this case, there is this fine, you know, this above and beyond the basic punishment of karet. These do not, these cases do not have a death penalty. In the event of a death penalty, you wouldn't have a fine um, because that's like two punishments that are within human hands to exact from the perpetrator, and that already, you know, crosses the line too much. So, again, difficult territory. I agree with you, Yardana. And I just want to just do a, a brief um, recognition of the Gemara that opens on this Mishnah. Hani narot Sulot, et The Gemara wants to know, you know, if you're talking about these young women or girls who have let's call it, as, as the Gemara calls it, psulot, right? They are people whose lineage is of questionable status to begin with, right? So then what about the girls who are just, you know, from Klal Yisrael, from, who have a regular Yisrael status who are wrote? Shouldn't they also get, shouldn't there also be a fine paid to the fathers in the event that they are raped? That should be like a Kalva Homer If somebody of a, who's a psula is, has a kanas attached to her rape? Then certainly a Rash should. <laughs> so the gemara says what really is being said here, and it's a really fine tuning of the language because these are the young women who have a difficult status, who get a, who get this fine. Meaning the point is that there there may be other people. Who are not listed here, and there might not be a kanas for them. Right? So the Gemara says it's not a comprehensive list. Right? Rather, these are the ones who who get this fine paid, despite the fact that they have this flawed lineage. And then the point is that, um, you know, obviously that would be the case for somebody who doesn't have doesn't even need to say it straight out.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, this is not, it, it's not a nice Mishnah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, it, it, but I think it's showing us, you know, a little bit, look, this is how biblical w- law worked, as you said. Uh, I do think one positive way to look at this Mishnah is, is, you know, it does end up protecting people who maybe normally wouldn't have been protected. Like those those women do get a knosk with them but it's you know we understand that this isn't a nice it's not a nice mishap.
0: um it's interesting that you can't just not nice i feel like it's very much a sign of its own times yeah that's a
1: better way you said that much more eloquently than i did thank you (laughs) Okay, thank you. Carry
0: now, on. We yeah. have more stuff g- here. That's maybe less. Yeah. So,
1: um, mm-hmm. so they get through a very long discussion about a whole midrash halakha how they learn all of this. That this would apply, oh, you know, to some of these women who are not just sort of your straightforward betula woman. That's not the part that I'm going to read. Um, but they mention a between Shimon Hatimni and Rabbi Shimon ben Menashe, right? And it says here the Gemara makes this comment. Right? That the Mishnah excludes an opinion of this Tama, Tana, Tanya, it's taught in Abraisa, below quoting this Pasuk in Devarim chapter 22, verse 23, and to him she shall be, you know, Tieli should be as a wife, right? So Shemin Atimi says, This refers to a woman with whom there is betrothal, with whom there is Havia. In other words, if someone, the question, somebody, who has a Rusin with a woman, with whom he had relationships with, for, with that are punishable by curate, right? Does that betrothal actually take effect? And Rabbi Shimon um, had Timni says no, it doesn't. In other words, if you had a sexual relationship with somebody that you get curries with, you can't actually have a rusin with them. And Rabbi Shimon at says no. This this pasuk is referring to a woman. Who is literally means uh, uh, who's suitable for him to sustain, meaning he doesn't need to divorce her because she has maybe some type of flawed lineage. And so then the Gemara wants to know, my Beinahu, what's the difference uh, in this Brysa that's being mentioned? What's the real difference between these two opinions? What's the practical difference between these two? I'm a Rabbi Zarah, so Rabbi Zarah says, eka the category of Mamzeret and which is mentioned in our Mishnah is the difference. For the one who says that there's betrothal, right? Havanami For this woman, if a Jewish man has a Rusin with a Mamzeret or a nitina, even though you're not really supposed to marry them, but the Rusin is still valid, okay? But according to the person who says it has to be a woman who he's allowed to sustain, right? These are women who he's not allowed to sustain. He's obligated to divorce her, right? And so he would have to divorce her. This is not someone you can sustain. So it basically becomes a question in this category of Mamzeret and Nitina what happens if a man did try to marry them? Does that marriage actually take effect or does it not? And it's a machlokas about whether or not that marriage actually would take effect in this category of Mamzeret and Nitina, right? Akiva, according to Rabbi Akiva, says, Rabbi Akiva has a principle which says that you cannot do a rusin, you cannot do kedushin for a woman, right, whose rape is also one of the l'avin. In other words, if you raped a if somebody raped a woman who there also was a love involved, a prohibition, against having a sexual relationship with, you cannot do nahu. And again, right, they, according to his opinion, right? What they want to understand, you know, what happens if you did kedushan with uh, Imam mamzeret? Because according to him, right, it shouldn't work. According to this, because a mamzeret has a lot. So, in other words, the question of Rabbi Akiva is: Is there any category of anybody here, right, uh, that Rabbi that Rabbi Akiva would have a disagreement with here? And so it says, "Eka so here it would be the practical difference would be uh, the case of a widow who was raped by the coin Gadol. Okay? Rabbi Simai, right? According to the opinion of Rabbi Simai. D'etanya, we learned to it a right. So Rabbi Simai Omer, Rabbi Simai says, Min hakol sa Rabbi Akiva mamzerim. Okay? Rabbi Akiva said, from all forbidden relationships are mamzerim. Chutz me almanala Kohen Gadol except for a child born from a widow to a high priest, right? Amrat amratarach, because the Torah says, and here they're quoting from Vayikra, chapter 21. It's Psukim 14 through 15. Lo yukach, lo yukhalel, right? You should not take and he shall not profane, right? The calling Gadol can't take certain women and he can't profane his, his zera, his seed uh, from his people. Yahulin hu osah so what it, what it means from here is if he has a child with a widow, right If a kohen gadal has a child with a widow, we know that a kohen gadal cannot marry even a widow. He creates chulalim. Right? In other words, those the, the offspring of that marriage become a halal. They're disqualified from being a kohen, right? And the female offspring is just uh, who which is a halala is un, you know cannot marry a a kohen. The ein osem mamzerim but it does not create a mamzer. So in that specific case, right, of the widow who was raped by a Kohen Gadol, according to Rabbi Akiva, in that case, there would be a rusin. So, you know, again, not a nice example, not a nice thing, but this is something that we'll learn more about in Masachid Kedushin, which is the concept of there are categories of people that one cannot have a sexual relationship with, and maybe one is not supposed to marry, Right what happens if somebody does a try to attempt marriage? Do those marriages take place or do they not take place? And so we're already starting to see the beginning of that conversation here in Ketubo.
0: Um, I think it is again a reminder, right, that the Gemara here is addressing the cases, um, the cases that aren't supposed to happen, right, or that We need to have the case law for the reality cases that do happen, even if it's not an ideal, an ideal, right? Like, we are not allowed to end up in in that, like, la-la land where everything is sweetness and light, even though we might want to.
1: Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP and our Talking Tom and Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.